Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. Um, we're here on Friday to preview the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge. So I'm joined by my co-host Clayton. I'm of course FPL Nima. We just about recovered from a last night at the Emirates. I know that those Zurich fans were probably um, the loudest and most mental I've seen so far this season. Um, even out hey, to Bodo Glimt. Not even this season for like years. years. I don't. Yeah. And I have to. I have to excuse my voice again. Um, it was recovering, and I fucked it. It's it's gone. I was uh, with the Ashburton Army again last night, and like obviously, no one could compete with those Zurich fans. But I think we gave it a good effort. Like we were bouncing for ninety minutes. I busted my ankle at one point. That's fine now. But my um my voice box is gonna. Be, my girlfriend's very uh, irritated by how I sound right now. So. Um, I apologise. If you're in the doghouse, it sounds like um... not even the doghouse. I think she just can't stand the sound of my voice right now. Like, yeah. So, apologies if it sounds awful. Um, For anyone yeah. wondering, it's not his mic. It's just what he's done to his uh, throat from 90 <laughs> minutes of chanting. Um, yeah. So, I guess just touching on those fans before we talk about the Chelsea game. I know in the last few previews we spent like two minutes just talking about the, the Europa game. Yeah, so... I'm not in a rush today, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think, what is it, 207? Yeah, I've got about 23 minutes. I, th- I think we can do 20 minutes, Chelsea, two, three minutes on um yeah the match. So obviously, like, we had six starters who were removed from the lineup. Um, It was still a quite strong team with the likes of kind of um, White starting. You know, you had um, Jesus starting. It was also interesting to see Elneny back. Obviously, he'd been out for a yeah. while. So that, that was nice to see. And it gave us an opportunity Sambi to see Sambi uh, further up the pitch, which is probably a better place for him by the side. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest, I barely watched the game last night. I, <laughs> I was, yeah, facing like our fans trying to get everyone going and stuff. But the vibe I got was that Sambi, I was really hoping El Nenny being back would be great for Sambi in terms of his prospects as like going into the season, we said as a number eight, that left-sided one specifically. Sounds like he didn't set the world alight, um, but I don't think it's anything to be concerned about Jess yet. Like it's his first game in that position. And I know I sound like a proper Sambi fanboy. Like I'm not going to lie, I am. I think there's a lot of potential there, but I think it's his first game back in there. El Nenny was it was his first game back. And I think as I tweeted about Enketia this morning, when you're coming into these rotated teams it's so hard to demonstrate your ability like it really is like when you're playing in a, in a disrupted 11 like our starting 11 9 nine ten of the 11 are the same each week so it's so easy to pick up on rhythm and movements and martinelli's pre-match interview he was talking about it like the wavelength with saka jesus that comes after consistent games so i think we just need to when we're reviewing the europa team i think we just need to give them a bit of leeway in my personal opinion. And like, we've done what we needed to do, right? We absolutely, like, we topped the group. Like the performances haven't always been there, but that's okay in these yeah, games. Yeah, we managed I to think... avoid those two games in January. Yeah, um, mate, that's massive. That's I, the I look... biggest thing, right? Like, like it doesn't matter how we got there, but we got there. And the games, as you say, they weren't pretty, many of them. Um, especially last night, there were some nervy moments with the offside goal that got ruled out. And yeah, I did feel that, it seems to just be a continuing thing and I can't even blame Premier League referees because these are bloody UEFA referees now, but it just felt like there's like a directive that it's okay to kick our players as much as you want. Like it just keeps fucking happening. Like It's like Tierney's shirt literally got pulled so hard it ripped. Like nothing for that. And there was a few incidents I remember watching at the time. I was like, I'm definitely going to mention these because it was like our players were just 
get two-footed and play would just continue and it would be like he'd tell them get on your feet play on and like the opposition would have the ball and that, it happened like, like I said I, yeah, I like, was barely like four, watching five, the game yeah so it happened like four or five times it was just it just felt really ridiculous like there was just multiple moments where our players would get attacked and like once you get away with it the first times I guess the opposition thinks it's okay to carry on doing it and mm. Yeah, so it's going to be. I, I think that's something we're going to have to learn to manage as our players are going to have to learn to manage anyway um, over the course of the season because I think they're going to keep getting attacked like this and yeah, they're going like, to have to figure out how a, to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. when you're such a good technical football team, the only way to be... Like, it's what people used to say, right? If you can't beat Arsenal, kick them. And I'll be honest, when I play football, I do it. Like, I'm not the most gifted footballer, but mentally I'm... I'm at one step ahead of most people and I just wallop people. Like, but you what, expect but you so, expect like if the ref sees it like to occasionally call a foul. Like I'm not even saying yeah. red card here. Like, more like just an occasional foul. Um, we don't seem to get any of those. Like I think there was two no. fouls we got given. And I was like, wow, we actually got a free kick this time. Like, I can't believe it. Like I didn't think no, we'd get no. any the way this game was going. I'm just, I'm just so happy that we topped the group. Because like, as you see, look at United, right? Like it their group was easier than us, I think, personally. And it's the the two fixtures in February, January, whenever it is. I really think that is going to be so crucial avoiding that because I had a look this morning and like when we come out of the World Cup break, we've got West Ham on Boxing Day, Brighton away, Newcastle at home, Tottenham away, Man United at home. That is a tough stretch of five games, and then we go on like there's a there's a run of nice fixtures and the Europa League fixtures would have been sandwiched in between that nice run. Mm. So now I'm thinking that's two less fixtures that we don't have to worry about, but it's also a chance for us to get that five, that five like tough run out of the way, see where we're at there, try and go on a nice run before Europe starts again. And it's a way to kind of build that rhythm. Like we've seen, like I said, with the eight, nine consistent starters in the team, we can go through that whole period of eight to nine games, hopefully depending on injuries and just not really rotate the squad, just play our strongest team and like give ourselves buffer room. I think that's what I spoke mm. about at the start of the season. Get yourself in a position where you can afford slip-ups and stuff. And um, yeah, I, I really think avoiding those two games is absolutely massive for us. It is. And just so let's go on to the Chelsea game. But just before that, I guess just to add to why we said these Zurich fans are a bit mental. If you've not seen it, I, w- I would go check it out online. Um, I don't know how many flares they managed to sneak in, but it was I, I couldn't man. see the pitch. Yeah, like honestly, every time I looked down, like there was just like fire. It looked like a bonfire down there. Honestly, it was that, like a pagan festival or something. Um, yeah, that is like my footballing heaven. I love shit. And they were that. jumping like, up and down. Yeah. Like, they did not stop. So I can imagine for you guys being right next to them as well. Like they must have had thousands of people compared to like dozens think, for you. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, so we were talking the Ashburton Army lot. There was supposedly fifty tickets assigned to that area last night and i if i had to guess i'd say there was 15 or 20 of us and like that's what it's quite jarring because people moan about the not anymore but people used to moan about the atmosphere at the emirates right and like during that um we won the league at anfield song i was turning around trying to get people going and you just met with like these blank looks by people and i'm like okay not not everyone wants to be jumping for 90 minutes i get that but like get involved a little bit make some noise and then like you see people comparing the ashburton army to the zurich fans and it's like you've got a you've got to start somewhere and beat there's three and a half thousand of them and like at least 60 percent of them are game to just jump for 90 minutes like it's just a different mindset in europe i think and um yeah i think the european ultra-led stadiums there's quite a few of them on there and people have tried to kind of compare the two but 
I think they just don't see it that it's basically a group of young lads trying to improve the atmosphere at the stadium and bring that connection between the players and the fans and the staff like tighter than it's been in years. And yeah. I think most people, like there was even Forest fans after the game last weekend who they said that they were there and they felt it was a very good thing for the Ashburton army to be doing. Um, I think they were replying to a tweet where someone called it cringe and it was oh, like, yeah. And it was the guy that was sat supposedly in the Arsenal and didn't say anything all game. And then pipes up on his keyboard when he goes home. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like he said it was cringe. And then there was forest fans coming out basically saying like, well, no, like we actually think it's quite admirable. So all, all I'd say all the people having a pop saying it's cringe they would die to have something like that going an initiative like that at their club like any domestic uh, sorry any of the other 19 premier league clubs i guarantee you all of them wish they had a pocket of fans like that that they could get involved i think the palace fans the ultras there they they got a lot of stick when they started out as well but now look at like people were like oh like w- w- i don't mind what ashburton i was doing but like lose the drum and stuff like that is that there's just so many complaints. You complain as a library, you complain there's people trying to improve the atmosphere and call it cringe. There's no winning, right? Um, cool. So let's quickly do this in the next 15 minutes. So the lineup we've gone with for the podcast listeners has Ramsdale and Goal, White, Saliba, Gabriel, and we're kind of torn between Tommy Asu and Tierney at left back. Obviously, we've not heard much about Tommy Asu's injury. And what's the latest, actually? Yeah, so there's, I don't think there's any presser today. So I think it's going to be like last time where maybe it's an under-embargo post-match presser from last night where we released quotes and I, I don't think last night like how, how much would he have known so but like i i was in the second row yesterday and he walked off my he did not look happy like we were chanting his name and he he looked gutted as in like i'm not yeah we were yeah, the world cup around the corner yeah so there yeah, was a bit of worry there and... the facial expression was one of like that isn't just a couple of days Apparently he was like biting his jersey, but then um, someone was saying maybe he was just trying to like stop the smoke from the flares going to his <laughs> face. Could have been that, but um, I think the latest I read today was something that like that there was fears it could be like a muscular injury. Um, let's hope calf, not. Right? Yeah, let's hope not. Obviously, he he came on as a sub, and fifteen minutes later he was subbed back out. So I don't think for this weekend against Chelsea that particularly impacts us too badly. Like obviously we have White. Um, Tierney can play there and Zinchenko is back. Um, I think Zinchenko looked pissed because he was about to sub on and I think his sub got cancelled. Yeah. So he did I, not look happy about that. I was hoping that he'd that, get minutes. I'd heard that. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping he'd get minutes um, <clears throat> off the bench yesterday and then maybe minutes off the bench for Chelsea as well. I don't see Zinchenko starting after being out really? like this. Yeah, I don't think I he do, starts you know? this weekend. Well, with the Tommy Arsu injury, you reckon he might get rushed back into it? If, if Tommy's out... I think there's a. I'll, I'll explain because mine's more of a tactical thing, um, and it's kind of to do with Chelsea's lineup. So, actually, just gonna, before you do that, yeah, I've assumed everyone knows the other five, but they are oh, six yeah. even. <laughs> they are Xhaka, Partey, Odegaard, Saka, Jesus, Martinelli. So, like every other week so far this season, <laughs> we will now continue the debate at left back because it seems the other ten positions are pretty guaranteed most weeks. I guess I can. I, I'll I'll touch on it now. It's not that. Yeah, exactly. My, Let's my, touch on my, it now. My logic is. I think the fact that Zinchenko is probably, well, not probably, it's a fact he's lacking match sharpness, right? But I think we have seen over the last few weeks that Arteta really, really, really wants that inverted left back to be technically secure. And there's a reason he's not gone for Tierney in the Prem, right? Like Tierney's been available. He's been doing the, He's been doing well in Europe, got himself a goal. A really good finish last night. Um, what a thunderbolt. Yeah. Finish. We didn't <laughs> even comment on that. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, 
But so, yeah, going back to that, I think that has been a clear indication of what Arteta wants stylistically from us as a team. And then relating it to the Chelsea game, I know Zinchenko will be lacking match sharpness, but do you remember Palace away last year? Gallagher was just like a relentless suffocating party. And then obviously he, he went off injured, but like we could not... I know we're a different team, but we could not escape that press at Palace away last year. And Gallagher was a big part of that. So I'm in the back of my head. I'm thinking, is he going to do something similar like that Mm. on Sunday again? And as a result, I think what we didn't have last year was the likes of Zinchenko or Tomiyasu at left back to offset that load on party. And someone else there. Yeah, because I think against Forrest, I noticed it in the first half. They were piling on him, but then... Tommy Yasu was playing quite centrally. And Gabriel well. shifted out a little exactly. bit. And, yeah, so it so. kind of allowed him to... And then I think in the second half, they obviously fell off party, hence what happened. But um, yeah, that's a really good shout about Gallagher being used in that way. And obviously, yeah. we know that Reese James is out for them. We know Kante's out. Um, Chilwell was walking off in crutches after the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, he'll, so he'll be out. Yeah, They were saying maybe 12 weeks for him. So I don't think he's even going to be at the World Cup by the look of it. But um, no. so it, it's kind of like I didn't want to play Chelsea just after they got beat 4-1 by Brighton because uh, I thought... I do. Bring them on. Bring them yeah, on. I, I didn't want to because I just thought like you're going to bounce back kind of thing. But they've now had their Champions League game, which they won. So hopefully they got that out of their system. They're kind of wanting to win after a loss. And with the injuries and the form they've been in from a goal-scoring point of view, they've even looked a bit shaky defensively I'm, too, to be I'm honest. I'm confident like, for Sunday. I'm confident. Yeah, like I think, like I've spoken to some Chelsea fans and like they, they say they would take a draw. So I think the mindset from them is like, even though they're at home, like they know that they've been a bit out of form. Now with a derby in London, obviously that can go out the window. But I'm pretty confident that like, regardless of who plays at left back, that we should be able to do a good job here. Um, I, I just... Yeah, I, I just have a niggling doubt in my mind about Aubameyang. Um, oh, yeah, he, he's scoring. I've made peace yeah. with the fact that he's scoring. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, just accept it. Yeah, Such I'm hoping prick. for like a free one or something. But um, we'll talk more about the predictions. That's not my prediction, but that's what I'm hoping for. Um, let's uh, Should we look at Chelsea's team? Yeah, let's go for it. So obviously, like, potable. Yeah, God knows what the actual lineup will be on the systems. I personally... First of all, I guess let's read out the lineup. So, against Brighton, it was Kepper in goal. Obviously, he went off injured midweek in the Champions League. Um, I'm not sure how severe that was. But then last week, they had back three of Chalaba, Silva, Kukurea, and then wing back Sterling, Pulisic with Kovacic and Loftus Cheek in the middle. And then, like, quite a fluid front three of Havertz, Mount, and Gallagher. Um, I think they'll stick with that system personally. I don't think they'll go for a back four. I think if they go for a back four, we will kill them. I, I strongly believe that. They need those midfield numbers, I think, yeah. Yeah, I've, so I, my predictions in terms of changes are, I think obviously Mendy will probably be in goal if Kepa's injured. Mm. I think Koulibaly, if he's available, will come in for maybe Chalobah. I think Kukurea will play left wing back and yeah i'm not gonna try <laughs> predict everything yeah. but i think i think, think obba will potentially start as well i like, think so yeah i think he'll be raring to go i wonder if there'll be any part of potter that think because about i just retweeted a tweet like 10 minutes ago where it's basically Aubameyang is someone he just cares about himself right and like he's got this vendetta against arteta he's been very vocal about it do you think there's any part of potter that thinks maybe abamyang has got selfish He's got his own personal uh, 
milestones there ahead of the team's goals. Like, yeah, there, were, there, you, were, there yeah. were some thoughts that he could be someone they play off the bench when we're more tired in the second half. Because um, I don't see who they would drop here, really. Like, um, I suppose... I don't think they'll drop Mount, because like similar to Gallagher. Yeah, I don't see Mount getting great. dropped. Yeah, Mount, I don't see Mount's Gallagher getting dropped. So maybe Loftus-Cheek? I, I don't but then know. even Loftus-Cheek in big games, like, put, yeah, well, uh, Tuchel used to use him a lot. I've not followed... Bright uh, Potter and Chelsea too much in terms of Loftus. It is a bit frustrating that it's a 12 p.m. Sunday game after we played last night. Thank God we didn't travel to Europe, though. At least, um, yeah. I always find it a bit weird because I, I don't know if I'm imagining it, but I'm pretty certain over the last couple of years there was a directive that not us, but Champions League teams that play on a Wednesday night wouldn't play the 12:30 game on a Saturday, and like oh. that was meant to be something the league was doing to like help. Because if you look at other European leagues they make sure that their scheduling helps the teams in their league do well in Europe. So they're like actively, if you're playing on a Tuesday or Wednesday, they'll put like the next game, like at an hour that will suit you. Right. The Premier League, because we're so embedded with the TV companies, I feel like they have more say. And yeah. like, and we already know they don't give a shit about fans. Like games get moved last minute. The hour gets changed. Well, one of them's changed. my employer. So not my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, as you say, it's not your opinion. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot of money involved, and it, it just frustrates me because if we've played Thursday night and we're playing on a Sunday midday, how is that any different to like playing on a Wednesday night and Saturday midday? Like, there aren't even normally a bloody midday kickoff on a Sunday, right? Like, like where did that yeah. even come from? So, that's frustrating. <laughs> One day less rest, early game. Um, thank god we were at the Emirates last night, is all I can say, and yeah, I'm still fairly confident. Um, as you say, just, so should we go to the? I've just had a quick mental stab at what I think the Chelsea lineup will be. Yeah. Just while we, so I think it'll be Mendy, Kulabali, Silva, Kukurea. As, oh, I, I was going to say Loftus Cheek in the right wing back and has Pilaqueta as like a right centre back, but now there's too many people there. Um, so I I could see Pulisic dropping out from that graphic, and. Uh, Gallagher playing central with Loftus Cheek going out to the wide, uh, right wing back role as Pelicueta or Koulibaly coming in, and then Abamyang, Mount, and Havertz as the front so that's three. How you Sterling playing that a... fluid role. Yeah, yeah I so think you, kind of, so like you bring Gallagher into like midfield, move Loftus Cheek to the wing back yeah. and bench Pulisic potentially. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I then that. that takes us on to the matchups. So, where I think we can hurt them, have you got any? opinions before we go on to that um just trying to think um for me like they've just been very defensively frail recently i felt like yeah. they, 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 like obviously they only lost their first game recently under potter and they, they were kind of getting results still but overall they've still been shaky despite not having necessarily lost games so i i, yeah. I, I do honestly think that we create way too many chances for them to be able to keep us out even if it's at home um for me, like I, I really am hoping that kind of like the wing, the wingers we have, right? Like, and I think we spoke about this before. The fact that we can kind of come from either wing and be just as potent, yeah. With their back free, I think they're going to be trying to obviously crowd us out. So let's say we're going down the right with Saka, we can't get into the box. I think we're going to be very good at shifting to the left wing and then coming in and exposing them because they've sent too many numbers to the other wing. Yeah. I don't think it was one dimensional as last year when everything was free sacker on the right. So and that's the think, overloads we do yeah. so well, isn't it? So like, I think that's yeah. where it is. So I, I guess is it the half spaces as usual? Like I am imagining that 
not just the half spaces, but the fact that we can transition between either wings or half space so quickly. I think that yeah, we're going to have to be patient, I think. We're yeah. going to have to like build up patiently, try to find the gap, play it around their box to either side till we get through. But I'm really backing the wingers to do something. Um, I think the likes are kind of Saka, Martinelli. I think this is a big game for them. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully Martinelli can recreate what he did all those years yeah. ago. And even like, obviously, last season at Stamford Bridge, what a bloody game that was. And I remember Arteta's tactics that game was like, oh, it was orgasmic. Like the fluid changing in systems was just unbelievable. And obviously, Nketiah did really well in that game. But um, I, I'm of a similar mindset to you for uh, Sunday, to be honest, in terms of where I hope and think we can hurt them. But one thing that's quite interesting, again, looking at like data for the season, in terms of their chances conceded in across the left, the right and the centre. It's fairly even. They've conceded 34 chances on their left flank, 37 down their centre and 38 on their right flank. And in terms of like the volume, it's not quite that. They're not conceding chances to the same level of frequency as other teams. But the difference is, I think the chances they are conceding are of higher quality. And when you look at like the non-penalty XG that they've conceded for the season per 90, they're one, two, three, four, five, six. They're the seventh worst team. So only Bournemouth, Palace, Leicester, Everton, Forest and Fulham are worse defensively per 90 for XG conceded, non-pen, sorry. So I think obviously there's a balance there in terms of you can hurt them on the left, you can hurt them on the right, you can hurt them on the middle. And that is music to my ears as a supporter of a team who can hmm. hurt teams down the right, hurt teams down the left, hurt them down the middle. And one thing I really want us to really want to see us do, I personally think Koulibaly is pony. He's going to have the game of his life now that I've said that, but I think technically, tactically, he is dog. I really do. And I think if we can, you talk, you spoke about it, those little half spaces, if we can isolate the pockets in between, like if they go with the back five, in between the wing back and the left centre back, the wing back and the right centre back, I think we can absolutely murder them if we isolate the right people. I really do. So in terms of like um, when we did net that haul earlier this week from the FPL point of view, uh, Gabriel, obviously FPL lens, we said he's got like a US um, coaching licence, B oh, licence. Yeah. And he, he actually wrote a little paragraph that I think is quite interesting about Arsenal. And he said that he thought that tactically speaking, from a matchup point of view, that Arsenal would look to flatten Potter's back six with triangles on the flanks, yeah. um, thereby separating the base of Chelsea's midfield box to create opportunities on the flanks and around the perimeter of the penalty it's area. Like so it's like exactly what you said. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> I need somehow, to my coaching badges. Yeah, it's like somehow like you've got the same kind of tactical view of what's going to unfold in this match. Um, he did have some thoughts about how Chelsea could hurt us, but... um, What was that? I'm curious, because typical yeah, me, it's all going to be Arsenal, nothing against us. So Yeah, yeah so that was said? the thing. So he says um, Gallagher should be a logical fit for the right half space creativity, but this team is not used to playing like this, so it will take time. So like okay. Gallagher's going to be like a vital part of theirs, their their way, but they're not quite like in the Potter system 100% yet. Um, he did also talk a little bit about um, Sterling playing as a, a wing back and um, trying to use Sterling to dominate those right half spaces to then create for the left. So it might be Loftus-Cheek who kind of ends up doing well if Sterling's getting into those half spaces and then getting the ball too lot as cheek as like a late runner like how we have for Xhaka potentially but um he also has high hopes for Odegaard in this game but um yeah I've 
got to get us out of here. So I'm just going to do the quick yeah. score prediction before we go be a bit quicker than normal. So we're still at the same, um, both 83% of outcomes. I've predicted three correct scores. You've predicted two. So we're very close there. In terms of my scoreline prediction, I'm going to go with 2-1 to the Arsenal. 3-1 to the Arsenal for me. All right, nice. So we'll see if this is the one where you catch me up on the score lines. We're both going for a win. Um, no time for questions this one. Um, we're 24 minutes in. We try to keep these previews quite short. Um, we will do the review as well after the Chelsea game, probably on Sunday evening or Monday. And we yeah. will look at how that goes. But just a quick shout out as well. Thank you to uh, Mike Halpin who tuned in to watch live. Yeah, Cheers to nice. you as well, Ray. Good to see you. We're actually just heading out. So can you shout out... Bungle as well, obviously. Oh, yeah, Bungle tuned in as yeah. well. So he's obviously um, in the Far East. So he's going to be watching this in the morning um, when he wakes up again on the other side of the world. But up the Arsenal, thank you everyone for coming in. Hopefully we can get a big victory against Chelsea's statement win and go into that final game against Wolves knowing that like we're secure no matter what happens going into the World Cup to be top of the table. So if you've enjoyed the episode, please do hit that like help the channel grow, subscribe, hit that bell so you can get notifications when we go live again. And we will see you guys next time. Up the Arsenal. Let's do this. Let's do this. Up the Arsenal. <laughs>